Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. Today is February 16, and our chapter reading for today is Numbers 14. When we left the Israelites on our last podcast, they had just gotten the majority report from the spies, and it was not good. Not only was it negative, it was displeasing to God because it belittled God himself. As I focused yesterday at the close of the podcast, the people had a heart problem, not an eye problem. They had a heart problem because they were at heart looking at the size of the giants instead of the God who had brought them through the wilderness, had brought them through the Red Sea, had brought them through the plagues, especially that of the firstborn. And God had miraculously brought them through, but they still did not trust him. And this was the final straw because when they received and began began to act and react to the majority report, God said, that's enough. Is there ever a time when God says that's enough? Oh, you better believe it. The Torah, the Nebim, and the Ketuvim is replete. That is, the Old Testament is filled with instances where God said that's enough. Well, let's look and see in chapter 14 at what is the reaction of Moses and what is the reaction of the people. So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. It was a tough night in the camp of the Israelites. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, not those who caused the problem, but against the leadership. You see, this is why James, the Lord's half-brother, said, don't desire to be a teacher or a leader. That is someone who is up front of everyone else simply because you have a lot of chances for offense. And so it was with Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, see if this refrain sounds familiar. If only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in the wilderness. Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and our children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? How quickly, how quickly it is that men of God and women of God and the people of God are so easily discouraged when it comes to the work of God himself and to the destination whereinto God has called us. I have told many over the years, one of the last times I was with Dr. Falwell, I remember him saying that a man's ministry is not so much measured by baptisms and budgets and buildings. That is what most ministries are gauged by and what a pitiful metric that is. 
how many you've baptized, how many buildings you have built, what kind of budget. And we so easily compare ourselves with others, and that always brings about one of two results. Comparison will either bring about pride. Oh, I wish that you knew what I knew. I wish you could do what I do. Or it will bring about shame, a belittling of oneself, which is not the will of God for our lives. Because God doesn't measure us by other people. He measures us by his design and plan and will for our lives. And so these people were complaining against God. And they said, we need to select a leader and return to Egypt. You see, the problem wasn't the leader. Now, sometimes it is, but it wasn't with Moses and Aaron. They had done no wrong. These negative people that had come in and influenced them. And by the way, it was the majority. Oh, isn't it amazing? America and the church in America is drunk with democracy. That is, we think voting is the answer to everything. Well, I can tell you, a church can vote to ordain a basset hound, but that doesn't make it correct, biblically accurate. The church can vote to do a lot of things, and just because a church votes to do something doesn't mean it's the will of God. And so the majority doesn't always mean that you're in the right. In this case, the minority Joshua and Caleb were right and walking with God. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. Now they could have reacted and started stoning the people because that's what the people wanted to do to them and to Joshua and to Caleb later. But Moses didn't do that. Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before God. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, they were the ones that were there. They tore their clothes, which is a sign of contrition and sorrow and repentance and all the things that go into that. And they spoke to the congregation, to all the congregation, the children of Israel, saying, the land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, if God grants us faith, Isn't this the key to all of life? If God grants us favor, we have success. If God is pleased with us, then that's really in the end all that matters. Then he will bring us into the land and give it to us. You see, it belongs to God, not to those giants, not to the Canaanites, not to the Amalekites, not to the Hittites or the Jebusites. It belongs to God. It's a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord. You see, they thought they were rebelling against Moses. They were blaming Moses and Aaron. But what they were doing was rebelling against God because Moses and Aaron were just the messenger boys. Now, this happens all the time. You know that among the people of God. We blame the messenger. Now, sometimes the messenger is at fault. I can tell you most of the trouble I've ever had, I've been the biggest cause of it myself. But that's not the case with a lot of people, but often what we do is when things don't go right with us or they don't go right with our home or they don't go right with something or someone at work, we get on to the Lord and we get on to whoever represents him and they become the enemy. And this was what was happening here. So that's a word of warning to all of us. Only do not rebel against the Lord nor fear the people of the land. What Joshua and Caleb said is don't fear these people, fear 
God. Look what they say. This is so good. They are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. In other words, God is our captain. God is our general. God is the one who fights for us. And they said, these people are our bread. In other words, we're going to go in and take what they have. Because you see, it's not their land. It's God's. They're squatters there. This land has been promised and therefore owned by Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and the descendants. And that's us. And God already has it prepared. And when they said that, you would have thought the people would have said, hey, you know, they're right. Let's repent of our sin and let's give glory to God. But what to do? All the congregation said was stone them with stones. Stone these people. They're telling us something we don't want to hear. Now God intervened. Now the glory of God appeared in the tabernacle of meeting the tabernacle where he appointed that he would meet with the people before all the children of Israel. Then the Lord said to Moses, How long will these people reject me? And how long will they not believe me? With all the signs that I have performed among them, I will strike them with the pestilence and disinherit them. And I will make of you a greater and mightier nation than they, is what he's saying. Then Moses said to the Lord, not what many of us would have said. We would have said, hey, now you're on to something. Let me be the one that you design the nation after. No, Moses fell on his face and Moses said to the Lord, then the Egyptians will hear it. For by your might, you brought these people up from among them and they will tell it to the inhabitants of this land that we are about to go into. They have heard that you, Lord, you, Lord, are among the people. You're with these people that you, Lord, are seen face to face. Your cloud stands above them and you go before them in a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Now, if you kill these people as one man, then the nations which have heard of your fame will speak same because the Lord was not able to bring the people to the land which he swore to give them. Therefore, he killed them in the wilderness. And now I pray, let the power of my Lord be great as As you have spoken, the Lord is long-suffering. Now listen to this. Moses is not telling God anything he doesn't know. This was a test for Moses. This was a test for Aaron. Are they going to respond and say, yes, wipe them out? I'm angry with them too. God, just go ahead and kill them and let's all start over here in the wilderness and go on into the land flowing with milk and honey. No, you see, that's not what leaders do. Men of God don't react in kind. They fall on their faces before God and say, God, have mercy on them. Look what Moses did. What a blessing. In verse 18, he reminded God. He reminded God of what God had said. And look at God's reaction. Lord, do you remember when you said the Lord is long-suffering and abundant and chesed, forgiving the iniquity and transgressions, but he by no means clears the guilty? Now listen. God will deal with sin. Those that are guilty are going to be punished. But he by no means clears the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth. That is, generation is added. Rightly so, but it is in italics because it's not in the text. Pardon the iniquity of this people. I pray according to the greatness of your chesed. 
Just as you have forgiven this people from Egypt unto now. Now, Lord, you know this people, they've been this way before we left Egypt. They've been this way on the way, and now they have not changed. Just as you have forgiven this people from Egypt even unto now. And look at verse 20. Then the Lord said, I have pardoned according to your word. Oh, my goodness. This is what God wanted to hear from Moses. And he acted accordingly. In other words, Moses stood between God and the people as an intercessor. That's what an intercessor does. He stands in between. He intercedes. Listen, Moses was the one being attacked, but they were really attacking God. And this is what happens all the time, and people don't realize it. But truly as I live, says the Lord, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Now you can count on that. That's coming. Because all these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness have put me to the test now these ten times and have not heeded my voice. They certainly shall not see the land of which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of those who rejected me see it. But Caleb and Joshua were singled out as those that were faithful to God. And then God gave the death sentence to the rebels. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation who complain against me? Now here's what God says he's going to do. I have heard the complaints with the children of Israel make against me, and saying to them, As I live, says the Lord, and he does. Just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do unto you. What'd they say? Well, you're going to kill us. You're going to kill our wives. You're going to kill our children. These men were speaking what they didn't know about. And so God said, now listen, just as you've spoken, here's what's going to happen. The carcasses of you who have complained against me shall fall in the wilderness. And all of you who were numbered according to your entire number from 20 years old and above. That is, God says the cutoff mark is those of you who have turned 20, those of you who are older than 20, you're going to die in the wilderness. Not a one of you are going to go into the promised land. And by the way, as I've said before, this is the age really of a new accountability. This is when a man becomes a man. This is when God says, I'm going to judge you by a different standard than just the day before. There is a day when God says, you're a man now and I'm going to treat you as a man. I've heard many moms and many dads say, especially moms, well, he's acting like a child, so I'm going to treat him like a child. Well, then you are putting yourself above God. Listen to me. When God says a man turns a man, he's a man. Now, if he acts like a child, God will deal with him, but he's going to treat him and talk to him like a man. If you talk to a man that's 20 years of age and above, you are insulting him if you're treating him like a teenager. He's not a teenager anymore. He's a man before God, and he needs to be a man before you. If he's acting like a child, God will deal with him. But you don't need to talk to him like a child because it breeds resentment in his heart against you, his mother and his father. Talk to him like a man and treat him like a man. That's what God expects. And so the Bible says, my servant Caleb and Joshua, they're going to go into the land. But all of you who are 20 years of age and above, you're going to die in the wilderness. And the scripture says that as for you and your carcasses, they will fall into the wilderness 
And you said, well, our children are going to die here. Well, the very children that you said are going to die, they're the ones that are going to go into the promised land, into the land of inheritance, because of what you said. But as for you, your carcasses will fall in the wilderness, and your sons shall be the shepherds in the wilderness for 40 years and bear the brunt of your infidelity until your carcasses are consumed in the wilderness. In other words, you have condemned your own children to wandering 40 years in the wilderness, but then they're going to go in the promised land and you're not. Verse 34, according to the number of the days in which you spied out the land, which was 40 days, for each day you shall bear your guilt one year, namely 40 years, and you shall know my rejection. Now, up until this time, they've been in a wilderness of God's choosing. Now they're going into a wilderness of their own choosing. One was a legitimate wilderness. The other was an illegitimate wilderness. Now, if you'll notice, God took care of those that need to be taken care of in both wildernesses. But those that rebelled and caused this whole thing, they died in the wilderness. Now, the scripture says in verse 36, now, the men whom Moses sent to spy out the land, who returned and made all the congregation complain against him by bringing in a bad report. Listen to this. Those very men who brought the evil report about the land died by the plague before the Lord. Now, listen to me. When Joshua and Caleb said, what we need is the favor of God, that's all we need. We need the hand of God upon us. We need the blessing of God upon us. That's really what we need. We don't just need it in our personal lives and in our family's lives. We need it in the church. We're so trying to make things happen. And it seems like that we just cannot get it, that if God doesn't go before us and God's not leading us, nothing's going to have any kind of eternal effect or impact on our own lives, on the lives of our communities. Now look at verses 39 through the end of the chapter. Then Moses told these words to all the children of Israel, and the people mourned greatly. It was another bad night, but now for a different reason. And they rose early in the morning and went up to the top of the mountain, saying, Here we are. We will go up to the place which the Lord has promised, for we have sinned. Well, they had sinned, but you can't make that wrong right. They had already messed up. They had complained one time too many. And Moses said, now, why do you transgress the command of the Lord? God said, no, you're going to walk in the wilderness for 40 years. He wasn't going to give them the land for 40 years. For this will not succeed. This is not going to be good. Oh, now they know more than God and Moses again. He said, do not go up lest you be defeated by your enemies. For the Lord is not among you. For the Amalekites and the Canaanites are there before you, and you shall fall by the sword. But because you have turned away from the Lord, and the Lord will not be with you. How many times I've heard people say, well, just make it happen, brother. Just make it happen. you got to make it happen. No, God has to make it happen if it's going to be eternal in value, if it's going to impact eternity, if it's going to change people's hearts. You see, we've had enough manipulation. We've had enough of man's doings in the church. We need a movement of God in our lives. We need a movement of the God of heaven in our churches to bring life. Yes, life. When you go into a church and God's there, that's all that matters. And when God shows up, lives are going to be changed. 
but they presumed to go up to the mountaintop. Nevertheless, look at this, neither the ark or the covenant of the Lord, nor Moses departed from the camp. In other words, they went out, but God didn't go with them. Now, this happens all the time. And they hearken back to a day, well, God was with us then. God was with us when. Well, do you remember the story of Samson? We'll, we'll go over it in the days ahead. The Bible says that the power of God and the hand of God was once upon Samson, but he sinned that time away and lived in a life of unrepentance. And the Bible says that after he had disobeyed God and his hair had been cut, that it's one of the saddest quotes in the scripture. Listen to this. The Bible says that Samson arose when they said, the Philistines be upon you. Samson arose as other times, but he did not realize the power of God was not with him again, that the power of God was not with him as before. You see, we cannot live in the past. There is no seniority with God. You got to walk with God every day. For On the Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.